Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to Millennial Love, the independent lifestyle desk's weekly podcast on love, dating and relationships. Hosted by me, Rachel Hosey, assistant lifestyle editor. And me, Olivia Petter, lifestyle writer. Each week, we'll be discussing the core dating issues affecting millennials today. There are endless podcasts out there on love and relationships, but we felt that nobody was speaking directly to our generation, where people ghost, zombie and breadcrumb one another quicker than you can say Tinder. Today, we are thrilled to welcome dating and relationships psychologist Madeline Mason. Hello. Hi, thank you for having me. And so the things we're going to be talking about today are super interesting and we can't wait to pick Madeline's brains about them. The attachment styles that different people have, firstly, and then we're going to move on to how do you know you found the one. Now, the most interesting thing about attachment styles is I think not many people know about this. And I only discovered this a few months ago when I met Madeleine and we had a discussion about what well, all sorts of interesting things related to dating and relationships. But one of the most interesting things I took from our chat was about these different attachment styles. And now, Olivia, you didn't know about this I'd either. I've never heard of it before, but it's really interesting because I, I do think that one person obviously fits into one of the three. So can you explain what they are? Yeah, of course. So attachment styles are basically the way that you relate to somebody who's special to you. Originally, it came from how children were attached, as it were, to their mum or their significant uh Caregiver. Caregiver, right. exactly. And, sci uh, and scientists or psychologists sort of, sort of looked at this and thought, hang on a second, this actually happens in adulthood as well, that we have a need for a sort of a secure base, as it were. This will have a special person in our life and that typically is in a romantic context. And so what they found is that most people have what they call a secure attachment and then different psychologists call the other attachment styles for different things. But for simplicity, I'm going to call one for anxious attachment style and the other for avoidant attachment styles. So overall, there are three. There are four, but the fourth one only accounts for a very small percentage of the population, which is a mix of anxious and avoidant. So what does that mean? Well, if you imagine two dimensions, um, one is how we relate to other people, whether we can depend on them or not. So people who struggle with depending on other people find themselves quite independent and they don't like opening up and being vulnerable to other people. Does that also, you think, manifest itself in the type of person who thinks, I want to do all these jobs at work because I can't trust anyone else to do them? I, I think there might be an overlap in terms of how right. you might work as well. So let's say so the, this, the dependent axes, if you like, will will typically look like people you'd call commitment phobes. So they'll, they're the ones who typically ghost you or breadcrumb and do those sorts of mm. things because any time uh, uh, anything becomes a bit close, so you have to depend on something, you open up and become vulnerable, they sort of run away. So if you're high on that axis, as, as in you're high on... Um, 
or low rather, if you're low on dependability, I can't depend on other people, you're going to be more commitment phobe or avoidant in your attachment style. Right. On the other axes, uh, it's it's what we call, if you're low on that, you're, you've, got a, you've got an anxious attachment style. And that's about whether I can trust whether the relationship is there tomorrow. And if you have an, a, a, an anxious attachment style, you're, you'll be hypervigilant to any signs that look like rejection. So you're a bit paranoid. Quite, yeah. And in, in extreme cases, very paranoid. Right. So you get almost like a panic attack because your date hasn't texted you back after three minutes right. or an hour. And you get sort of slightly worried that, oh, my God, he doesn't like me anymore. She doesn't like me anymore. Is that person also likely to be quite jealous in relationships? Yeah, can yeah. be. Yeah, right. absolutely. And so are anxious and avoidant kind of like opposites then? Yeah. yeah. Right. OK, that's really interesting. Mm. And the third one is secure. So the secure has is is happy to depend on other people and is happy for people to depend on them, Ooh. but is also um, trusting that you're not going to disappear tomorrow. That is is has an assumption that this relationship is going somewhere. So is not too worried about. Let's say. Um, the text isn't, oh, I'm sure he'll text back later or she'll text back tomorrow or something. He's not too bothered about uh, the signs that might, others that might look into it. So the secure person is essentially someone who's going to have healthy relationships yeah. and exactly. not struggle too much. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Oh. A bit idealistic, isn't it? That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> so people, the idea is that the people who are... So it's very it's, it's very boxy, right? So yeah. you're, you're, we, we're talking about scales here. Some people might be more secure than others. Others might be more avoidant right. than others, etc. But on the whole, you might find you have a tendency to to one or the other. So on the whole, somebody who's in a secure relationship, all those friends of yours who seem to just meet one or two people and then that they've settled down. And is it those those people as well who seem to jump from relationship to relationship? Do you think that can become into that because they just are really happy in a relationship and want to be in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. However, if it, the jumping though, it could be an avoidant as well. So an avoidant person would, as soon as an, a relationship becomes too intimate or ah, close, they oh, will right. jump ship. So again, on the scale of, of degrees of, let's say, let's call it an avoidant uh, or commitment phobia, that might kick out once the engagement has been mm. set up or it might be that weekend away so i guess it manifests itself in different ways mm. yes different exactly people. yeah see it's so interesting when i learned about this it, it was like something clicked in my head and i was suddenly like oh my god i am an avoidant <laughs> and like it made so much sense to me about like loads of like issues i've had and you know my dating history and my dating past and i i was just really like yeah Avoidant. Mm -hmm. That's what I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What yeah, do you I, think you are? I, I'm definitely an avoidant as well. It's it's annoying because I'd love to be like, oh no, I'm the really you know idealistic, secure. I'm I'm perfectly comfortable and confident. But I think absolutely avoidant. I don't think I'm anxious. I feel like that's a bit more extreme than what. I think I probably experience. everyone has a little, I definitely have a little bit of that, you know, sometimes yeah. you'll be like, oh, why hasn't yeah. he texted me back? Yeah, because yeah. like it's a bit of insecurity, which Absolutely. is sort of inevitable. But I don't mm. think if I were to classify myself in one of the three, I think I'd probably be more avoidant than anxious. Yeah, because I definitely like when it starts getting serious or someone might actually seem to like me or something, then I freak out and push yeah. them away. And I'm yeah. like, why? Yeah. Why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. So speaking of which, mm -hmm. why do people <laughs> fall into these? What makes someone avoidant or anxious or secure? So there's two ways. the The original way, if you will, is your how you grew up. So kind, what kind of parenting? So always had. down to the parents. <laughs> well, it can be can be circumstance as well. Not so. So let's say if you had a parent who had to work a lot 
and they simply weren't around, well, then you didn't have anybody you could rely on. So you had to rely on yourself. Right. So you might have built up sort of a, that that's where you can't depend upon others. I have to depend upon myself. So it's not necessarily bad parenting. It could just be circumstance. And also in adulthood, it could also be, again, circumstance. So you might have grown up in a secure um, family, say, uh, but have dated some people who have somehow either been avoidant or uh, anxious in their attachment style and somehow has kind of spread that over to you as when you've become anxious or you've become avoidant mm. as a result. What's that Philip Larkin poem? I won't say the word because it's a naughty word, but it's like they F you up, your mum and dad. Yeah. Very true <laughs> in this situation. Yeah, I actually, um, I was, I had this a chat a while ago, which probably most single people have with their parents where they're just like, but but why are you single? Which is another whole other topic, that pressure from parents. But um, I then said to my mum, I was like, well, mum, I'm an avoidant, you see. And she was like, what? And so I explained it to her and she was like, but why? And I was like, it's your fault. Oh. <laughs> That's such a rubbish question to ask someone. I mean, particularly a parent, but what? So, why are you single? Uh, what, what's someone going to say to that? I mean, you had a definitive answer, but how few, How many people are going to understand what that means when you say, oh, well, it's because I'm avoidant? They'll be like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Most people will be like, excuse me? I don't know. <laughs> you just made that up. Does it make sense for you? Yeah, definitely. I think, I mean, I come from a broken home and I'm, I'm an only child, so I guess the whole parental thing makes sense for me being an avoidant oh woe is me <laughs> but um but you're but you but you're a middle child you've got like mm. brothers and sisters don't you well yeah so no, i my family is still very like my parents are together i have very like wholesome family yeah. i've been very lucky growing up so you know it's there's not like an obvious thing like that for me however the only thing i can think of that has made me the way i am and i don't know um if this is right or not, is the fact that actually I am the middle child. I know that's very much woe is me. I'm the middle child. That My could parents be an example never paid of me attention. Yeah, exactly. So you, maybe you felt that you've had to rely more on yourself than than the others have had to yeah. for some reason. Yeah. Well, yeah. I have actually always been very independent, mm. um, and I guess that does somehow link to the avoidant thing. Can do. Yeah. So then. If someone is, okay, how does someone become anxious then? Is that linked to parenting as well? Yeah, so for example, um, so the, the theory is that if your parent has, for parents or your primary caregiver um, has been absent for periods of time, either psychologically absent or physically absent, then you develop the avoidant attachment style. Mm. If your parent is ambiguous so sometimes available and sometimes not available uh, then you'll d uh, develop oh. the anxious so in maybe in that's more me maybe i'm the really rare fourth kind that's a bit of both <laughs> because because maybe. my parents are sometimes absent sometimes not maybe yeah i like to think i'm special yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting but then so can people um you know if people have these issues, either they're anxious or they're avoided and that's causing them problems when it comes to their love lives and relationships is it something that people can they change just like will their attachment style change or do they have to like actively work on it to change it both so okay. let's say that there is evidence to suggest that if you're on either of the avoidant and the anxious and you team up with a secure attachment 
styled person. I don't know how you would <laughs> call it. But uh, then there is evidence to suggest that that can mitigate whichever whichever other style. Right. Um, and the, the other option is, of course, to work on it. So that's what I do a lot with my date coaching clients is, is work through the anxieties or work through the sort of the overwhelm and whatever sort of... Because at the end of the day, there's some blind spots in there you kind of notice hang on a second I keep leaving a relationship or I keep meeting the wrong type of person or whatever mm. and it kind of work, comes down to sometimes the, the attachment style so I, I work on that but it's those two scenarios that can change it it's so so interesting so like ideally if Olivia and I believe we are avoidant slash avoidant anxious yeah then we what would be good for us would to be with someone who's secure yeah that's what i was going to say because surely it would make sense it would be good for us to be with someone that's secure but why on earth would a secure person <laughs> want, want to be some with anxious us. mess or someone <laughs> who's gonna like ditch them yeah. because they can't deal with commitment yeah <laughs> well it's again we're talking about scales here so how how avoidant are you like how yeah. terrifying is the idea of settling down with someone for example mm. um it's not like to <laughs> Rachel took a deep breath <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you could have somebody who's extremely secure so they're not bothered at all by so one another way of looking at avoidant for example is that it's space it's this illusion of not being bound to somebody and mm. having to depend on them um, and in fact to avoidance can actually date as long as there's no pressure if they both give each other space if Got they it. both give each other mm, space however the problems arrive when something like a baby comes along Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you do need and rely need to rely on one another for help and support. And then that becomes overwhelming. It becomes really scary. It becomes difficult. And then you need to work through that. It's weird because as an avoidant slash anxious person, self-diagnosed, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I think that if I was with someone who was secure, it would almost freak me out a bit because it'd be like, why aren't you freaking out about anything? Why aren't you no, worrying about? You'd need that though. You would need that. You'd need someone to be stability. sensible. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. But you almost want someone that identifies with what you're going through a little bit. You know what I mean? I guess like the worst combo must be anxious and avoidant dating, right? So that makes it just makes it it makes it difficult. Yeah, Yeah. it's all about, I suppose, how one engages with 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 the romantic partner. So what Mm. is the point? What is the point of dating? What is the point of having a relationship? It's is to somehow feel like you belong somewhere. So in another part of psychology, we talk about a need for affiliation. It's a horrible horrible phrase, but basically what it means (laughs) is that we need to belong to something, someone, something bigger than us, and we get some kind of psychological. I don't know if it's fulfillment or some sort of spiritual something. There's some kind of energy there that kind of gets fueled. But it's not because we don't want it to happen. It's because it's scary. Yeah. So it's not because it's just just an inability. So basically another another way of looking at it is that we've, we all have to survive childhood in one way, shape or form, whether it's being mollycoddled or whether it's being bullied or abandoned outright. We have to survive childhood and we build up resources and, and resilience in different ways and strategies to get through that. Except when we get to adulthood, they sometimes no longer serve us. And that's when the problems come. So another way of looking at how our attachment styles are formed is just one way of surviving childhood. Most parents mean mean well for their children, but again, circumstance and, you know, stress of life and work and what have you kind of interfere with with well well intent well meant intentions kind of makes me terrified to be a parent mm. make sure i bring my kid up to yeah. be secure so much <laughs> pressure trying to give them all my issues <laughs> but anyway i don't know i think it's super super interesting and i actually think when you know 
or maybe not know, but if you have an idea and you think about what attachment style you are, mm. I think that can help a lot. Yeah, and you can work on it. Exactly. So you know that, okay, for example, if you are an avoidant, if you have an avoidant attachment style, you're then better able to locate what it is that that anxiety is about. What yeah. is that overwhelm? So the moment you feel, um, I guess it's trapped and suffocating. I think that's what the most avoidance will feel just before they ditch a partner or ghost or whatever is this sort of claustrophobic mm. feeling. Now, if you know that it's not because of the other person encroaching on your space, but rather a reaction to something that's from from the past, then you're better able to work through it. Super interesting. We have lots to work on, oh, don't so we? so much, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, that's good to know. Let's move on to dating disaster of the week, shall we? Yeah. Okay. So this is one that we've got emailed. Thank you so much for sending it in. Um, okay. Here we go. So, guy promised me dinner at the most exclusive restaurant in town. Made a huge sing and dance about it. I think she means made a huge song and dance about it. Yes, true. Okay. Uh, ended up covering my eyes as we walked towards the restaurant. He unfolded his hands. We had arrived at Zizzy's. <laughs> I mean, I love a Zizzy's as much as the next person, but don't make it out, it's exclusive. What's worse is he sat me down and told me he goes to a gambling anonymous group three times a week. What was he addicted to? Fruit machines. Oh, and to top it all off, as we walked back to the car park, he had lost his parking ticket. The fine <sighs> was 25 pounds. I looked at him and he said, I've just used the last of my wages on our exclusive meal. Would you mind paying? Let's just say we never had our first date snog. And when I texted him to say I wouldn't be seeing him again, I got a text back saying, we can still chat and stuff though, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. I mean, wow. Do you think he really thought Zizzy's was exclusive? You have to wonder. Yeah, I mean, I I really like it. I like it too. Like, but I would never go to the point where I'm covering up my date's eyes to be like, look where I've taken you. Ta-da! <laughs> yeah, that's, that's weird. One of the most popular Italian chains in the country. Yeah, and like <laughs> one of the most of. Like, yeah. <laughs> there are so many. Like, how would he not? Oh, I don't know. That's strange. But I also just think that it's like, there are so many weird things in that that it's almost like there's not like one massive thing that makes that, oh my God, that was a disaster. There are so many little things that you're just like, questionable no, no. like the gambling anonymous thing and then the fruit machines and that that happened to me not gambling anonymous but a guy i went on a date with was about 40 minutes late and then i was sitting there waiting and i was like that is oh. so late i would have left i know so late i was about to leave and then he arrived and he's like oh sorry i'm really late i was at my gambling addiction meeting and i was like oh was that a Lord. first date yes this was a first date <laughs> there was not a second date <laughs> but it was just the whole thing was so awkward and obviously then we just started the date by talking about his gambling addiction wow that is that is a lot like, that's not the way to woo a lover no. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this story well it like you say there's a lot of wrong there's a lot of things going wrong there um there's some assumptions about what a good date might look like that could do with a bit of tweaking, I think. Yeah, I think he needs some work, this guy. Ah, mm. oh, well, we live and learn. Mm. And every bad date is a good story. Exactly. <laughs> a good story for this podcast. Hashtag content. <laughs> Send them in. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Um, well, that was fun. And so the next topic we want to talk about is super interesting given Madeline is here. Now, a bit of background. Madeline is obviously a relationships coach, dating love expert. And what is most brilliant, I love, I just love that this has happened, is she is currently engaged and she got engaged to her fiancé four months after they started dating, which I just love. And we want to know how. That just never happens. Well, um, I guess I just took my own medicine, really, is how I kind of summed it up. I, for about a year, a a couple of years ago, I got divorced and um, fannied about a bit, I suppose, and then decided actually I was not really doing myself any services or favours, and I did want to settle down. Um, And I employed all my little strategies that I normally coach people, and it took me about a year, I'd say, before I met Chris, um, or just under, rather. So I went on a dating app, um, and I did about three cycles of dating if that makes sense so you sort of dated three guys for a bit do you mean so or? he would be number third the third cycle ah, so okay. let's say i i started uh, yeah. downloaded the app in january and i and our first date was on the 13th of december so almost a wow. year ago wow. yeah uh so the january uh so so dating cycle is what i'd call it is kind of where you meet some people you decide on one person go on a few dates with them and then it either happens or doesn't yeah right yeah. so let's call that one dating cycle Got so it. i had two of those and then uh, and then Chris was in the third cycle. Wow, uh, so. a really useful way to think of it in a mm. dating cycle. Yeah, mm. yeah, I like I'm that. I'm just in my dating cycle. <laughs> it's my second one this year. It's going yeah, nice. well. Like I don't know what number I'm on for this year. <laughs> your menstrual cycle, there's your dating cycle. <laughs> one a month. Anyway, so he was your third dating cycle. Yeah. And when you met him, had you had you got like an extra? jolt of excitement did you think there was any sign that was like he's gonna be i have a really good feeling about him or did he just seem as good as the other two well it happens that that actually when we first chatted i was on a second date when he asked me to meet for coffee hilarious dilemma because you know (laughs) he was actually really nice i liked him and i thought but i'm already said yes to the second date so we physically on the second date? No, no. Oh. I was going to go on the second date <laughs> right. when you know you chat with several people. Sure. You can't sort of. You've... No, no. You've got to keep your on, options on, open. On, well, it, 
it's I guess it's it's kind of a process. You 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 message a few people, for example, and then it it just guess who comes back first and how the conversation starts, right? So, um, so you will end up chatting with a few people, but and then somebody will invite out for a coffee, for example. Mm-hmm. But you still have a conversation with somebody else who's kind of perhaps deciding maybe they've gone on a coffee with somebody else, and then yeah. they, oh, so exactly. it's that it's, it's that sort field. of it's, it's it's that dynamic, I suppose. So I'm 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 set to go on a second or maybe even a third date with this other guy, and um, when Chris. He said, should we go for coffee? So I had this dilemma and I said, well, I'm really sorry, but I'm, I'm going on a third date with someone um, who seems nice. And I don't think it would be fair if I met up, fair for anyone, if I met up with you, because I clearly like Chris, but I'd already sort of going on this second Oh, it's very date good of you. Mm, very <laughs> so Chris, he wrote back and said, you know, thank you for telling me. And, you know, anyway, this guy turned out to be a bit of a floozy um, mm. quite quickly. And Can I just say, I love that word. <laughs> floozy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Excellent that's good. Choice. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I I said to this guy, listen, this is not this is not working out. No, this is you know we've I think we've got different values. Why have you? Um, so that was the end of that cycle. So that was well, it was the end of that. No, this is still because I'm not dating anyone oh, yet. So that so this is this uh, is part. This that is the beginning cycle, of the third sure. cycle. I, sure. I wasn't actually dating this guy. I'd sure. just been on a couple of mm-hmm. dates. It's not quite hadn't become a cycle yet. We're got only it. sort of mm, exclusive-ish or starting to date. That's when right. the, the end of a cycle might might happen. So after a couple of weeks of deliberation, I thought, well, Chris was really hot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to message so, him. Um, you got to message him, right? What have you got to lose? So groveling, sent a groveling message saying, well, um, that coffee, was it still available? And it was. <laughs> like, well done. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, he gave me a second chance, <laughs> luckily. So then you dated for a few months. And then how, how, how did he propose to you or did you yep. propose to no, him? He proposed, he proposed to me in Bologna. We were in Italy. Were you oh, that's nice. Not really. No, I think he, he, we, we had talked about, we had talked about the idea of marriage. We talked uh-huh. about the idea of family. Um, um, but no, not more than that. So I think we were on a holiday in Italy and being quite a romantic space and by a fountain, Aww. lovely hot weather. He just sort of stopped me and then asked. <laughs> Had he been planning it or was it spontaneous? Well, a bit of both, I think. He was he he wanted to plan it with the ring and everything, but on the other hand, the moment seemed so yeah. right. So yeah. he was kind of deliberating I whether so I should better. wait. <laughs> because you never you can never predict when you know it's going to feel right to do something mm, like that. Yeah. And I think if it's spontaneous, it feels more authentic than yeah. if you plan this grand sort of gesture we should definitely discuss proposals on another episode <laughs> that's happening to both of us very yes soon. it's very likely that's <laughs> um, mm, in the immediate future for me i'm sure mm. um uh, but then were you were you was it an immediate yes of course absolutely uh-huh. <laughs> so sweet yeah wow yeah. so was were you never a bit like this is way too soon or um no the funny thing is that you you can actually there's this app that you can you can download all your whatsapp chats and i've created all our first whatsapp chats in a book up until our first kiss um, oh that is so sweet is so if sweet. you're to read it it's 
pretty mundane stuff, I have to say. It's quite cute. It's kind of like, what are you doing today? Or Nothing. Christmas shopping. Right. And it's, but but it, it, it kind of illustrates the, the beginning of a relationship, sort of getting to know one another. Mm. But it's for me, one of the things that I kind of advocate is to, to look for somebody who has the same values as yourself. So if you understand what is important to you in a relationship. So um, I sort of tongue in cheek say I look for KFC, which is kind, <laughs> funny and caring rather than the actual <laughs> Kentucky Fried food. Chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's kind of memorable. And for me, uh, Chris embodies all of those things and more. But um, I think to the degree that you can you can connect on those values, then you're more likely to, to something happens. And also, if you're willing to settle down and want to put the work in a relationship and you're both open. Now Chris is really good at communication and is, is happy to share when he's you know upset about something or whether he's frustrated about something, but essentially also when he's happy about something and how much he, he means to me and vice versa. So that is just really important and it just, I guess, speeds things up. My dad also died in that time and he was really supportive. Right. And I think those sorts of um, experiences will help people bond yeah, together quicker. So much more. Yeah, I think what I'm learning more and more from everyone I talk to who's like a sort of relationship expert is that what's most essential is working out what's important to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can then be with someone else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Which makes a lot of sense. But how rather than sorting, it's so funny because that sort of goes exactly against what dating apps promote. It's like the idea of selling yourself the best version of yourself possible to as many people. But why would you want to be universally attractive to everyone? Because, you know, there's so few people that are gonna sort of meet the specific requirements that exactly. you're looking for. One one thing, especially I find that people, certainly girls struggle to, to say that they want a relationship for fear of coming across as desperate and yeah. needy. Um, the, the interesting thing though, is if you follow the idea through is that who are the people that would see you as desperate and needy? They're the people who didn't, won't, wouldn't want to date you in the first exactly. place. So you want to, what we'd call in recruitment, self-select. So you, you, the more clear that you can be about what it is that you're looking for in terms of what kind of relationship would I like? What are my values? What am I interested in? You will attract somebody else who's looking for the same. Oh, mm -hmm. you know, that's what I want. Yeah. So I will then go for it. You almost want to do it by more of a process of elimination, sort mm. of ostracize all the people that aren't right for you. Correct. Well, as you've established, there are too many. I mean, if this is what my mum can't understand. She's like, there are so many men in London. Too many men. Like, well, that that's, is a song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that, that's the thing, though. So, yeah, self-selecting, I guess, helps. Yeah. It does. But also you'd need to be happy with the guy that you choose or the girl that you choose. Because mm. there's another Struggle. phenomenon that seems to be creeping in is this fear of missing out. Or oh, maybe the yes. next person is more interesting mm. or better. So there is an element of another thing I'd say is that make sure that who you meet is somebody that you can respect or you respect highly um, because that will help you glue together. God, it is so hard, do you know? <laughs> like, it is so hard. It is so jolly down hard. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, yeah, seriously, there are just so many things you've got to get right. Meet so many people, we'll but yeah. There. Finding the one. Well, you did it in four months, so it's possible. <laughs> That's very impressive. Yeah. So what is your top tip then for like, you know, not messing around and making sure that the you know, I'm not saying I don't, I don't want to be like how to snag a man in four months because I'm not necessarily <laughs> saying that like I don't think everyone wants to get engaged in four months. But clearly you knew what you were doing and you weren't faffing around with a relationship. Mm. Um, 
top tip would be if, if it's a relationship that you want, if it's a long-term relationship that you want, then the, in, invest in that idea. It might, might, I don't know if that's even helpful, but what I mean is that once you've decided on someone, then then give it a chance. Yeah, invest your time. Invest your time in it until it, you know, and because I go back to the maybe go back to the example for for originally when Chris asked me for a coffee. Like if if I had not if I'd not said no to him and not given the first guy. He, I don't know if I give him a chance, but I certainly gave it sort of, well, I have to make sure, I have to run this out to make mm. sure that it isn't something. Because mm. otherwise, if I'm all of a sudden between two people that I quite like, I'm not being able to, I won't be able to to find out who I'm truly connected with if mm. I'm almost dividing my attention between more than one person. Yeah. That's great. I like that. And I, I think like that's that something too. millennials should definitely take on board because everyone's like seeing casually too many multiple people and mm -hmm. very stressful. Anyway, that was great. So now we're going to move on to Bumble Bio of the Week. And um, I'm not going to, I'm just going to say that Olivia and I disagree on this. Which is so rare for us to disagree on something. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, this is from a guy called Tom, because of course, they're all called Tom. That's true. It's the second Tom. I mean, I'm pretty sure like 70% of boys in their 20s are called Tom. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So also Sam and Alex. Anyway. So this Cult. guy goes, I love to laugh. My passions are shopping and being gorgeous. Shoe emoji, bikini emoji, crown emoji. If you're not six foot seven, don't talk to me. I don't do hookups. I never text first. Travel is my life. Skiing emoji, surfing emoji, rowing emoji. I love kittens and cuddles. Lion emoji, hearts with eyes emoji. I have a real passion for talking let's say rubbish. Um, okay, so my thoughts on this is like he's completely taking the piss out of girls on dating apps and I'd like I think it's quite rude <laughs> but you disagree I see so yeah I disagree because I think it's funny because I hate it when I see guys with their dating bios where it's just a series of emojis or like weird like one words being like music travel no but he's wine. like but, everyone likes those things <laughs> no I completely agree with that but he's I think he's specifically mocking women yeah, but I um yeah I guess so obviously because he's looking for a woman but I think men because men and women both do that I mean I see plenty of boys on apps that do that I don't know I don't know I just I think it's quite funny it's different it made me laugh I don't think it's the best bio I don't like it I don't like it <laughs> that if tell. you're not a six foot seven don't talk to me like he, I think he's being really judgy about what women put in their bios it's my little, bio yeah. doesn't even look like this it's a bit arrogant and a bit pretentious what but... do you think. <laughs> Well, it sounds like somebody who's not too serious about dating. Exactly, mm. which is what I like. Take it, don't take it too seriously because it's not serious. You're on a dating app. Have fun. Well, be silly. Depends if you're serious about finding someone. Or That's not. true. That's true. How serious can you be? Then? Very serious. So on my dating app, I was quite serious. Really? Mm -hmm. There you I go. See, I always see. I just I always assume no, that people you, on there aren't serious. If you don't want something serious, don't be serious. Yeah. And like true. that's fine, but like. Maybe you're not sure what you want. Enter moi. <laughs> so Avoidant. Just, okay, exactly. <laughs> Case in point. So keep it vague. But I guess when you do work it out, you want to make it clear. And I think that makes total sense. Yeah. It's scary to do that. It's very scary. Yeah. Once you've decided that this is what I want, <laughs> then you ask for it in a way that's that seems approachable and not sort of fatal attraction, uh, mm. bunny boiling style. <laughs> but... 
as authentic and ordinary as, as possible. If humor, for example, so humor is really important to me, if you can put something funny in there, demonstrate your humor. But the the more, and there's also like the more effort somebody puts in a profile, well, the more likely they're going to be serious. So you, you, there's true. proxies about yeah, stuff, true. you know, and if somebody's going to take the piss, well, they are going to come across as a, in a piss-taking way. It can also be, I mean, there are these outside sort of people uh, like to use humor in a sort of a self-deprecating way because it's too scary to ask for something serious. Mm. Um, so it's so that's what we have to navigate as well. There's like, well, how much of it is serious and how much of it is just a front, if that mm. makes sense. Oh, I'm so guilty of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know what we need to work on. <laughs> um, yeah, so we've got time for today. Thank you so much, oh, Madeline. Thank you for having me. It was really fun. Honestly, it's been great to have you on and hear all your wisdom. Um, please subscribe, rate and review us on iTunes to dear listeners. <laughs> that actually is really important because it does help other people discover the podcast, which is super. And if you have a dating disaster story, we would love to hear it. Um, so please do either write it in an iTunes review or send it to us privately via email at millennial.love at independent.co.uk. You can also tweet us at Rachel underscore Hosey or at Olivia Petter One. And don't worry, all the stories will be kept anonymous. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.